You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello and welcome to a combined episode of the Giant Splash podcast and the A's Plus podcast. I'm your host, Chronicle Giants beat writer Susan Slusser, and I am joined by A's beat writer Matt Kawahara. The Bay Bridge series has just concluded. Matt, what are your takeaways after the three games at Oracle Park? Uh, A's side, I would say main one is the bullpen is definitely an issue right now. Um, they probably had a, they had a good chance at winning that second game and could not close it out with two separate leads in the late innings. So that's an issue. Um, the encouraging sign was obviously in this in the uh, finale. Cole Irvin came out and, and pitched probably his best game of the season and best game in the majors. Um, and he came out of the gate really well. Uh, this season he was kind of a surprise and then went through a little bit of a lull, but that'll happen with pitchers, especially guys who are in their first full season uh, starting at the major league level. So I think he, it seems like he's kind of um, rebounded and uh, this was uh, an encouraging thing for him going into the second half. How about Giants? Uh, The Giants, you know, they've just been rolling along. So I think, you know, they couldn't sweep, but how often can you sweep especially a good team like the A's you know the A's were leading the the AL West much of the season until the Astros looked like they apparently caught fire (laughs) and uh so yeah I mean I think they're very happy with with their homestand they've won 10 of their last 12 they still have the best record in the major leagues they were the first team to 50 wins uh I'm not sure anybody saw that coming but you know I, I asked Bob Melvin as you know before the game today and and he didn't seem all that surprised um you know looking at the division before the season I don't think anybody would have thought the Giants would be where they are with the the Dodgers and the Padres in the same division uh and now the Giants hit the road and go to to play the Dodgers just two games at Dodger Stadium they, they have played the Dodgers well but um you know, we're almost at the halfway part point of the season. They are in first place, but they have tons of injuries. They still have got major names on the IL and, you know, things like they don't know if Brandon Belt is going to be back at all, much less when with that knee injury. And he's scheduled to see two specialists this week. So there's a lot going on with them. But no matter what happens, they seem to bounce back and play really well in those first two games. You know, I think everybody saw, especially in the, the second game, their first walk-off win of the season, which seems weird when they have such a big, a good record. But um, there is always this sense with them, um, like good teams often get, like no matter how far they're down, they're going to somehow come back and win. And they're doing it with guys like Lamont Wade and Kirk Casale, which is, that's truly the remarkable thing. It's really been very much of a team effort. Um, how are the A's when it comes to things like sort of their filling? They, I don't think they've had been hit with quite the same kind of injury levels that the Giants have, but how have they been from kind of like their bench guys, depth piece kind of uh, perspective? Yeah, the depth is an interesting, it's uh, what you said there about the Giants and kind of like never feeling quite out of a game that's I mean you well know that the A's have 
done that for many years. Um, and they have a little bit of that, uh, too. I think they were recently leading the major leagues in walk-off wins, so they've definitely had that sort of a formula at home. Um, Depth-wise, they're getting tested a little bit right on the outfield. Um, they have managed to mostly avoid kind of the major injuries. Um, they were without Ramon Loriano for maybe two and a half weeks or so, but they managed to um, mitigate that pretty well. Right now they're without Mark Canna, and that's a pretty major loss for them. Major, yeah. Yeah, because he's been, I mean, he obviously has filled in, in in the leadoff spot and just really done a pretty remarkable job for a guy who'd really never hit leadoff before. Um, and so they're kind of having to fill both, uh, both his outfield spot and also kind of figure out what they're going to do at the leadoff spot. Tony Kemp has been huge for them. Um, his uh, just ability to get on base for this first half has, has been pretty remarkable for a guy who really just has not, never, or at least not in recent years, had sustained uh, playing time. And he has made the most of it for sure. And it, it has not only been just like scrappily getting on base. I mean, he's played good defense. He's played both the outfield and second base. Chad Pinder um, is also that versatile guy, even though his offensively he hasn't made as big of an impact as probably they expected him to have. So their depth has been okay. Um, I don't think they've necessarily, I mean, it seems like the Giants make a lot of moves. Like they'll dip into the minor league, the AAA uh, pool a lot. The A's really haven't done that um, so far. And I don't, maybe that's a little bit telling. I, I mean, I think it's partly because they feel um, pretty confident in the mix that they've had for the first half, but I also don't know where exactly they would go if they were going to look at that. It, it would depend on, you know, need specific, but I mean, right now, again, to go back to the bullpen, you're, you're seeing like they, they could probably use a little bit of help there, but there's just nobody like really knocking on that door. So what, what I was, I was curious about the Giants, like, I mean, you talk about just the way that they have seemingly um, surprised everybody. What do they have to do to sustain it? I mean, to, to get off to a hot start like this in the first half? Well, they they need better health, and they need to get Evan Longoria at the very least off the IL fairly soon. It's, you know, I, I don't think they're looking at any time before the All-Star break. But, you know, with him out, Listella out, uh, and Belt out potentially indefinitely, um, you know, at some point they're, they're going to – and they have to avoid injuries to – Crawford, Posey, you know, the other sort of big name guys. The one thing that was really remarkable about the Giants early was how well the veteran guys were playing, because I think there was this feeling like, okay, here are all these veteran guys. They're kind of at the end of their careers, um, you know, on the downward slope. The Giants are going to get rid of all this payroll in the offseason. And their two best players by far have been Crawford and Posey. And Longoria not far behind them, and in fact, the first month or so of the season, he was uh, probably their most reliable hitter. So um, that they've been very careful with Posey. He still missed a couple games this week with the back thing. Crawford, you know, never wants. He's a lot like Marcus Simeon. He never wants to come out of the lineup ever. Um, and there's a lot of thought, certainly among scouts, that he kind of wears down in the second half. And I think they need to be careful of that. Um, but he's just not going to willingly take a day. Uh, and they don't, you know, they've got Mauricio Dubon as sort of their backup shortstop. And he is a shortstop, but he also plays center. You know, he kind of backs up a lot of places. We learned this week he's their emergency catcher. So um, Crawford's probably not going to get a lot of days. And they, you know, if if he were, to, you know, to get hurt, they, they really would um, have some problems. So, um, 
Yeah, it's they've been surprising all the way around. The fact that the veterans have been so good uh, to the point where now it looks like the Giants actually probably are going to have to figure out a way to bring back Crawford and Posey, which initially I'm not sure was in the plans. Uh, maybe one, one or the other, probably Posey, but certainly not both of them. Uh, and the starting pitching has been so good. They are getting the reputation the A's have had for the last few years of being a really good destination for free agent starters who are looking to bounce back because mm. they're very smart with kind of looking at a guy's pitch mix and figuring out how to maximize it, um, how to hone a few things, how to change a few things, delivery issues, data things. Um, and we're, we saw that with Gosman last year. Obviously, he gets the big qualifying offer, stays. I think they'd love to keep him beyond this year. Um, Di Sclafani comes in, same thing, almost exactly the same thing. So uh, the starting pitching to me has really been the biggest surprise, despite a few injuries here and there. And, you know, some of, you know, Coedo's been a little bit up and down, um, that they really have been good. And I think a lot of that goes to Posey and Kurt Casale. Um, last year, catching was not a strength for the Giants. Um, I'm talking like I know, like I was here, I was not. But it sounds sounds as if that was not. Um, Buster Posey not being there. <laughs> Buster Posey not nice. being there was, yeah. And, you know, they had to rush Joey Bart. Chadwick Trump is, actually does a really nice job as a backup. But Kirk Casale is really an off-the-chart. He got dinged for no offense. But, you know, guy catches six shutouts, and now he's starting to hit. My gosh, that's, you know, he's got to be right up there with some of the best backups in the game. He's got the second-best catch. ERA in baseball so um, and that's among all catchers not backup catchers so um, the guy is doing a phenomenal job and the pitchers all say this is why we're doing well it's the catching and cat that's the first thing Kapler says so um, you don't often hear that um, you know you hear like oh all credit goes to the pitchers and etc but uh, in this case I think that the catchers certainly share at least some of the credit for how well the the pitchers are doing how how are things on the A's pitching side and what I really want to ask here is is Chris Bassett going to be an all-star and he better be I'm going to be very upset I think I mean he's got a great case I think as of you know that his last start when he came out he was leading the American League in innings um I think it's, it's something I think six out of his last 10 outings he's completed seven innings and that's just something you don't really see that much of anymore I mean Bob Melvin said like seven innings feels like nine innings now for your starter um and he's he's not only like eating innings he's pitching really well um and it's kind of a i would say between him and Manaya, like Manaya has had maybe some of the more dominant outings um and not all of them have really resulted in uh in wins i mean he, at yankee stadium he made the start where he struck out like 11 in five and something innings and he was just like untouchable for most of that game um, so Manaya and you know, his velocity's back up. Um, it was you know down in the like low 90s. You remember the last like year or so, and it's now back up and hitting 94, 95. Um, and Bassett is just it's really it's sometimes it's hard to like figure out exactly what it is, but he throws like six different pitches, and he's just so funky that like you he's probably just really hard to pick up and he's like changed his slider multiple times during the season like he came he came out of spring saying all right i'm gonna throw this new slider it's gonna be great and it was great like he was getting swings and misses on 60 percent of his sliders and then he came out in his last outing and he was throwing this slider that was like 80 miles an hour which was 80 81 miles an hour which was harder four miles an hour harder than his last one somebody asked him after the game like what were you doing with this it was, oh, it was a totally different pitch 
Oh, wow. That sounds like Sunny. That Sunny Gray used to do that, too. Just kind of just change stuff. Yeah. Yeah, no big deal. And do and, and do great. Yeah. And it was, I guess, this, like, slider grip. And I remember him saying this last season or during a Zoom that we had where we were asking him about, like, a pitch grip that he had once, like, like was there ever a pitch grip that you lost? And he was telling us, yeah, in, like, in 2014, I had this slider, and it was great. And I lost the grip. I've never been able to find the grip again. And I'm pretty sure he was talking about this. He said it was a slider that he used to throw in 2014. He's now like repurposed that grip. And now he's throwing two different kinds of sliders. And he scrapped his cutter because right-handers were like murdering his cutter. So yeah, he's just like, <laughs> he's doing stuff on the fly. It's working. Um, long story short, yeah, I think he's got a great case to be an all-star. I don't know who they is you're going to have on the all-star team. Cause like they just released the, uh, position player voting and there was nobody even close but you know that's fans i mean come on it's got to be Ol- olsen and bassett have to make it olsen for sure has to make yeah. it yeah bassett I mean, that, that should would be make a crime. it and also uh, i demand to see matt olsen in the home run derby i don't think demand. i don't think there's a good reason to not have him in the home run derby no yeah i mean yeah. like if he doesn't if he doesn't get asked and he's already said i mean we asked him i asked him at yankee stadium like would you do it he's like yeah i'd be done yeah <laughs> Which I think means, yeah. yeah, I would like to do it. Yeah. Um, and For him, I mean, those are strong words. And at Coors Field, I mean... Uh, I, I want to see that swing at Coors Field so badly. Yeah, if, if he doesn't get asked, that's there's something wrong. Oh, man. Yeah, that's How many crazy. ulcers are Giants going to have? That's, well, it's a good question. Um, Gabe Kapler was talking about uh, Tyler Rogers today as a possibility. Um, I, you know, I, I've got to think that Crawford has got a strong shot. I've certainly, I mean, Gosman... Could start the game. He Gosman could start the game, which would be fantastic. He's from the Denver area. Um, he certainly deserves, but you know, it's going to depend on Degrom's availability. Mm. So uh, you know, maybe it's one of those somebody's not available to pitch, so you get to start or you get to start. But I, Gosman, I'm sure would love to start that game. Um, you know, Posey, I would think. You know, he doesn't play as much. He doesn't qualify. Mm. Um, among the league leaders, but uh, you know, if, if I'm Major League Baseball, I would love to have Crawford, Posey, Gosman for sure, and you know, maybe Tyler Rogers. It's, they've got the best record in baseball. They should have you know more than two All Stars, I yeah. would think. But you, you never know. There is, uh, you know, we 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 see an awful lot of Yankees, Red Sox, and Dodgers bias. There were a there. couple they with the like finalists or whatever that were announced today there were quite a few i think yastrzemski was yeah, up there yastrzemski with the outfield there. finalists yeah so. yeah got a shot yeah that's the i think that's the boston fans yastrzemski oh, yeah. yeah i guess that would make sense <laughs> we'll be back with more of our joint giant splash and a's plus podcast in just a moment but a reminder for all of the chronicles baseball coverage you can go to www.sfchronicle.com and to subscribe, go to sfchronicle.com slash pod. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. So what do the A's need to do to stick in it um, and stay close to the Astros? And are the Astros going to come back down to earth? 
Latter question, probably. I mean, they, they, I think they already did a little bit in this last series. Where were they? Detroit? Yeah, Detroit. They yeah, split, I yeah. think that they split a doubleheader or something, and then yeah. I think lost the finale. So anyway, they were, I mean, they lost, they won like 11 games in a row, so yeah, they'll, they'll probably cool off after a little bit. <laughs> the orange wagon. Um, but the A's still have to show that they can quiet that lineup. I mean, the, that offense is incredible right now, and they've played a couple, a few series against the A's, and the pitching has just not been able to hold them down, even in Oakland, um, which is strange because last year their pitching was lights out against them in Oakland. Um, so it's, I think they go there, they go to Houston for a series before the All-Star break, so that'll be a chance to maybe even things out um, a little bit before they get to the break. But uh, in terms of what they need to do, bolster the bullpen for sure that's like yeah. number one um because yeah i mean right now they have lou trevino at that back end and a lot of question marks on how you get to lou trevino if your starter gets through like five or six i mean because wow. you saw i mean you saw that on saturday like uh montas goes five they're up four two in the seventh inning and they can't even get through the eighth without losing that lead um and you know jake deakman was so good last year He's given up a lot of home runs right now, which is strange. Like, he went, I think, I forget what the exact number, but it was something like 150 games he'd given up six home runs, and now he's given up six in his last 17, something like that. Petit um, has been a little shaky. And other than that, those three guys, you know, Romo's been okay, but the other options are just, like, not as reliable as you would hope. So I think they could definitely add an arm or two or more (laughs) back there. Um, I mean, Jesus Lazardo is still kind of a wild card. Yeah. Um, as to even as to what they're going to do with him, because they're using him as a start in the minors, and I think the long term goal is for him to start still. But is that this year? Yeah. Um, I don't know. So, yeah, the pitching staff definitely has some questions. Um, and you know, the offense, you know, their offense kind of comes and goes sometimes. Yeah. But they haven't gotten a lot of production out of the DH spot. Um, huh. They signed Mitch Moreland, who was kind of going to be their left-handed DH guy. That's really mostly what he's done. He's backed up Matt Olson at first base a couple of times, but he hasn't produced a whole lot. Um, and they've been using uh, Jed Lowry as their kind of right-handed um, DH guy, and his numbers against left-handers are markedly better than his numbers against right-handers. Yeah. So um, so I, that's not as much of an issue. But, yeah, maybe some, maybe another left-handed bat. Hmm. Interesting. That's that's not quite as easy to acquire at the deadline. Um, no. Yeah, you and I are both addressing the trade deadline in yeah. this week's paper, um, and the Giants. Um, you know, I, Farhan on this podcast a couple of weekends ago, Farhan Zaidi said uh, the Giants have uh, the ability, uh, the financial ability, to take on extra payroll, which isn't a surprise. This is one of the main differences, I think, Matt. I'm learning about covering the Giants as opposed to the A's, as they. Yeah. They can, and I think they would prefer to take on salary rather than part with like a bigger prospect in if they if a deal. But they would really like, I think, to get another starter who doesn't want starter depth, um, but particularly the way injuries are going. Um, they would love to get another starter, and particularly one that maybe has some club control beyond this year, um, which might cost them a you know a decent prospect or two. But certainly, if there's a lot of salary involved, the Giants can handle that. Um, the question is going to be, I think, belt. And if they learn something here in the next week or two about Belt's availability the rest of the way, do they need to go out and get another bat? 
They might have to. They have enough flexibility um, among their their players and their roster is constructed with so many utility guys that doesn't necessarily have to be a first baseman. They could get a second baseman and and you say Tommy Listella at first, Lamont Wade at first. They got a lot of different options at first. Um, but you know, without uh, Longoria for the short term and potentially built for much longer. I, you know, I wouldn't have said a bat a couple of weeks ago, but now I'm saying a bat. And like everybody, they'll probably be looking for a little relief help. If they added one reliever, I wouldn't be shocked. Farhan tends to do a lot of things similar to what the A's front office does. And we, we know the A's front office, pretty much every trade deadline when they're in it, will pick up at least one reliever. So uh, and they'll probably be fighting over some of the same guys there because those guys come a little cheaper in terms of prospects. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think it'll be fascinating, but I think the one thing I, I think is pretty clear is this is the first time that um, Zaidi will be running the Giants when they're in a position to make a major move at the trade deadline, and he's going to do something, and I think he's going to do something you know, I, I, who knows yet what big names might be out there, but I would not be surprised to see him right in the middle of it. So that something should be fun. Splashy. Yeah. So you had something fun-ish with a guy who's well-known to both Giants fans and, and A's fans. And Sergio Romo was one of the guys who did not particularly enjoy the first go-round of spot checks. Or enjoyed it more than everybody else. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, maybe he did enjoy it, it more. <laughs> took it more seriously or not as seriously. Yeah. He did take it to sort of the next level. He did. Um, what was what was that like, and what did he say after kind of dropping trow yeah, on, the, was, on the first day of spot checks? It was weird. It was because, like, after the first few, like, you watched the first few, like, really intently, and you've, I mean, you've been. In, have you been a Globe Life field, the new Globe Life yes. field? So you know how high up the press box yeah. is. It's like you're at the top of an airplane hangar, and all the players look like ants. Yes. So, like, we watched the first few checks pretty intently just to see what was going right. on. Right, and no big deal. So right. and you stop watching. Yeah. So you're kind of looking out of the corner of your eye. So he finishes this inning. It's a. I mean, it's a real lopsided game too. So like, you know, you're kind of trying to ride at the same time. So I'm just. I kind of happen to look up and just see him like drop the pants and I'm like I think Sergio Romo just dropped his pants um and like there was I don't think there was the TV like had cut away I think at that point so I wasn't like seeing any immediate replays but I was like I think he just dropped his pants <laughs> and he did um and he explained we didn't talk to him after the game but I talked to him the next day on the field and he explained like I mean, he said it like I didn't plan on doing that. Um, I was kind of pissed. I mean, who does? I was kind of angry because I gave up a home run and I like I made a bad pitch, gave up a home run, and then I'm walking off the mound and all of a sudden the umpire comes up and says, "Let me see your glove." So he was like, "Here's my glove. Here's my hat. Here's my belt, <laughs> and let me just go ahead and <laughs> and open up the rest." So I think I think that's been an isolated incident so far. Yeah. I have no. I have not seen any other actual pants dropping, <laughs> um, which is probably for the best. Um, but yeah, he was. Uh, he actually has some thoughtful comments on like the overall idea of Like his his broader point was, um, he he feels like maybe subconsciously he had a little resentment because he's like we're not all you know we're not all doing this. We haven't all been doing this. I've been in the league for 13, 14 years. And he said, you know, I've never used sticky stuff. You know, he's relied on a slider his whole career. And it's like it, the widespread use of this sticky stuff devalues or makes less unique 
guys who can pitch the way that he does. Right. Um, or who have that, like, unique skill set. And so I thought that was a really interesting point. Um, he decided to convey his frustration in a way that was made for viral moments. Um, and, That's a delicate way to put it. And it was interesting. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I mean, at this point, actually, well, just today, they had their first uh, guy confiscated, like, yeah. found. Although, Mariners. I guess, yeah. Although Naughty I, Mariner. I guess afterward he said that it was rosin. And yeah. they confiscated his gloves, so I would assume that they'll, they'll be find able, out. Yeah, although it's coming from MLB, so you, mm, you, I don't know yeah. if you know how transparent they'll be about that. But um, but it'll be interesting to see you know if there are more of those. Um, it seems like the Giants have been pretty uneventful. The Giants have been uneventful. Um, I did enjoy in the second game against the A's, Alex Wood <laughs> uncorked an incredible wild pitch at one point, like way over Casale's head, run scores, and they decide after that inning mm-hmm. to give him a check. And you could kind of see him laughing like, he didn't say anything about this later, but he was like kind of laughing like, did you see that wild pitch? Like, come on. Obviously, I was not using anything at all because I had no grip. Uh, he actually said it was a slide step kind of thing where he mis- misfired. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's been very uneventful. Um, when the Giants were in Anaheim, which is the first time they had checks um Shohei Otani actually had a lot of fun with it like he kind of gave the umpires a little bit of a nod and a big smile and patted him on the yeah, butt he's very yeah. Smiley. yeah yeah he was he was really uh like kind of on board and I think most guys are mm-hmm. uh they've made it fairly unobtrusive very quick a lot of people said why can't they do it in the runway well that would just take so much time I'm you know if you get the whole umpiring crew off the field and the player you know that they, they got to do these three or four times a game minimum right. uh, if you got a couple relievers coming in so um, doing it on the field seems fine I, I wish there was a better way the best way I think is to use a tackier ball um, or find a substance that's better than rosin that they somehow can maybe ascertain does not actually impact the movement of the ball to any sort of degree that that's a real problem uh, and use that. That's Those are the only two options that I think gets us away from that. So they, they need to do that for next year. Yeah, I mean, talking to the, the you know, the handful of A's pitchers that I've talked about, that the ball is just seems to be the most logical um, solution because, yeah. I mean, a couple of guys have pointed to uh, the ball that's used in the, in the Japanese league. Yeah. Jake Diekman said he threw a bullpen last year or a couple years ago where somebody was just like hey this is the ball they use in Japanese league and he, he, he said it was like great yeah, yeah. It's, it's also slightly smaller so I think True. that makes a difference but um, guys have been saying that for you know the, J, the, the A's have been to Japan so so many times mm-hmm. so they've used some of the Japanese balls yeah. during some of the exhibition games and they all say like oh my gosh this this ball is so much the the A's actually don't use it it's funny that Japanese pitchers use it use the Japanese ball the A's pitchers would use the major league ball Mm -hmm. but you know they play around with them and stuff and they were like oh this is so much better you know Mm -hmm. it is slightly smaller which I don't know how that affects anything but um they all said that the grip is better um yeah because it does have that kind of attackier feel I think the seams are a little bit Mm -hmm. I remember Blake trying to really um the after he had his tremendous year and then he had a kind of a bad year he talked about the seams being different the next year and that's when they were really focused on dejuicing the ball Mm -hmm. and all of that that seems like the ball has been much more slick and there's been something with the seams since they decided to dejuice it so Mm -hmm. 
Uh, you, you would think with all of the money and resources MLB has that the ball would not continually be such a problem. It's pretty much the basic thing for the sport is the ball. Yeah. Maybe we could figure out a it's ball kind of in that the middle of everything. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't where you don't give up too many home runs, but also you don't have the pitchers dominating everything. So somewhere in between with a good standard ball where nobody has to cheat. It's a fine line. Yeah. It's fine line. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Good idea. Yeah. Well, Matt Kawahara, now that you and I have solved baseball, (laughs) let's talk again in August when these two teams face off again. And then, hey, maybe again in October if they meet up again then, which, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's been a long time since 1989. So I think that would be fun. Yeah, I mean, the the standings are pretty, pretty good right now. Yeah, let's do it. That's a plan. Thanks for joining me on Giant Splash, and I guess, can I thank myself for joining you on A's Plus? I've missed A's Plus, so, um, and thanks all of you for listening to our Combo Podcast. Thanks again to listening to our combined Giant Splash and A's Plus podcasts. You can follow Matt Kawahara at at Matthew Kawahara on Twitter. Our producers today were G. Allen Johnson and King Kaufman. And our music, Batter Up, was written and performed by Lauren Gold and Ray Eastless. We'll be back again next week with more Giant Splash and more A's Plus podcasts. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>